Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Well, uh, you know, I think we're getting pretty good at this, um, this thing of celebrating Jesus. <laughs> I think we're getting pretty good at it. If you, were, uh, if you were here last, every Sunday, I mean, every Sunday is a blessing. It's, it's a huge blessing for us to be able to gather for worship, have the folks that lead us. And, and it's just, it's an incredible blessing. Love it, love it, love it, love it. But this time of the year, we have, uh, over the last few weeks, have just shown an amazing ability to really, truly celebrate Jesus. If you were here last Sunday night, uh, you, if, if you were blown away like I was by the Christmas presentation that our choir and our children's choir did last Sunday night. Um, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. And the sanctuary was packed. It just, it's just incredible. And it, just, it wasn't just this performance. I'm telling you, even with sometimes when kids get up and they start singing, um, I can just get transparent with you here. Sometimes it's kind of like I feel like we're just there because we want to see how cute they are when they're up there singing. And they were cute. They look wonderful. They did so good. But I will tell you, those youngins led us in worship last Sunday night, man. It was crazy. And so if you missed it, you missed it. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And then Wednesday night, we were back in here Wednesday night for Refuge Christmas, and we did it in the round. We had the, it was just a, this neat experience, and the setup was so cool. And Matt, the Refuge worship team, was just leading us again. Packed house. The kids sang again Wednesday night, and this this room was just filled with the praises of God. It, it just it was just unbelievable. Did we just, and so I just want to challenge you to keep on, let's keep on celebrating Jesus. And we're going to do that today uh, with the shepherds and the angels. And then next Sunday, I already told you, we're going to do it next Sunday morning, Christmas Eve. We're going to talk about the church. We're going to celebrate with the church and as the church next Sunday. Because Jesus came for us and those of us that know Christ are a part of the church and know Jesus. And, and so that's, that's what it's all about. And so we're going to do that next Sunday, and then the last Sunday of the month, we're going, as I already shared with you, come Lord Jesus. And man, I wish you would come before I finish this next sentence, but uh, he's coming, and we're going to celebrate that the last Sunday of the month. And so, and y'all, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of simple that the reason that we're doing all this celebrating this month, but the other 11 months of the year too, the reason we're doing all this celebrating is simply because He is worth it. Amen? He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our celebrating Him. I said at the beginning of this sermon series this month that if there's any group in the world that ought to be leading the pack when it comes to celebrations, it ought to be us. It ought to be the church. It ought to be the people of God. We ought to party harder than anybody else in the world uh, because we're partying for Jesus and we have a reason to do that, to celebrate this Savior who has come to the world for us. And so we celebrate Him. Uh, uh, Paul David Tripp is a pastor theologian of our day, great, great writer and, and spiritual leader. And he said this, he said, this season, in the midst of all the celebrations and gift giving, be careful to remember 
that at the center of what we celebrate is one game-changing, life-altering, hope-giving reality that grace is a person and His name is Jesus. Amen, church? So, I want you to grab your Bibles, if you will. Turn to the second chapter of Luke. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20 is our passage of Scripture that we're going to read today. Uh, HR come and share. Uh, Houston Ray is going to come and read our Scripture for us today. And so, um, uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Grab your Bible and uh, let's read the Word together. Everybody stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Thank you, HR. Appreciate you. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they were just had been told. Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you, for the, thank you for this Christmas season and what it means to us. I pray that we won't forget the reason Christmas is such a joyful time. Let us not get wrapped up in the festivities, but let us keep everything focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Appreciate you. So, HR just read for us this unbelievable appearance of a real angel to some real shepherds who were really keeping watch over their flocks by night. And so I want to talk about these two groups of, of people or beings that we see in this passage of Scripture. So let's talk about the shepherds. My favorite folks in the Christmas story are these guys, the shepherds. Let me talk to you about these guys. Some things that we need to know about them. Number one, they were too dirty to be accepted. The shepherds were too dirty to be accepted. They were physically dirty because they were shepherds. They hung out with sheep. They were in the field. They lived in the field with the sheep. And so they were physically dirty, but they were ceremonially dirty. They were ceremonially unclean. And because of that, they had this contact, because they had this contact with the animals, taking care of the sheep, it made them ceremonially unclean. In other words, the they, folks said, you, you don't get to come to church. You, you don't get to come to church. It was unacceptable for them. I, I keep telling y'all, next Sunday, Christmas Eve, come as you are. If you come in your PJs, if your kids, you know, just come on. Just be, we just want you here. We want you to be here. We're not worried about so much about outward appearance. You just come and be, but 
not these shepherds. It was unacceptable for them to come as they are to church because they were unclean. They were ceremonially unclean. They were too dirty to be accepted. And I want to tell you, and you know that this is the case, that there are people that feel that same way about the church today, right? They feel like they're too dirty to be accepted. That their lives are too messed up to be accepted. I want to tell you, folks come in here and they look around this room and they see folks in here and and you look like you got it all together. (laughs) I know a bunch of you don't, but, but you look like you look successful. You look all put together. You look like everything is fine in your life. And there are people that come in and they look at that and for whatever reason, they feel like that they just do not fit and that they are not accepted because they know how messed up their lives are. And they're too, they just feel too dirty to be accepted for whatever reason. Either they just feel that way and they, you know, well, they shouldn't feel that way. Well, they do. For some reason or another, they feel that way. Maybe they've been told that. I mean, there, there could be somebody that would have the gall to tell somebody, you don't get to come in here because I know how you live your life, or, or you're not dressed appropriately, you don't get to come in, or things like that. I told you about Kat Von D, the tattoo artist that got saved a few months ago. And she said the people that she's gotten the most flack from have not been the people in her circle, all the other tattoo artists and, and people that uh, don't know Jesus. She said the people I've gotten the most flack from have been church people because she still wears black. And she's still got a bunch of tattoos. And the church people have slammed her ever since she got saved and got baptized. These shepherds were too dirty to be accepted. Number two, they were too common to be noticed. They were too common to be noticed. Their reputation was lowly at best. And the religious people just kind of snubbed them. They snubbed them and they ignored them. I wonder if that ever happens in church. That folks come in and they just get snubbed, or they just get ignored. It would be tragic. So I hope some of y'all are listening closely to me right now. It would be tragic for someone to come into this time of corporate worship in this place today and walk out of here feeling like they had been ignored by the people in this room today. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? Amen? Does anybody here know what I'm asking you to do? Amen? Okay. That'd be so tragic. But that's these shepherds, man. They were just too common to be noticed. And they were too busy to worship. I mean, seriously, they were just too busy to worship. They had to, keep, they had to take care of the flock of sheep. And the flock of sheep kept them so busy that they didn't have time to go to church. But I just got to tell you something. That sounds real familiar. I've heard that my whole ministry life. People say, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. To do this or do that. Can I tell you something? If you're too busy to go to church, you're too busy. If you're too busy to read your Bible, you're too busy. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're too busy to stop sometime between now and next Monday, Christmas Day, and spend some time pondering on the awe and the majesty and the wonder that Emmanuel, God with us, has come to us, you are too busy this week. You are too busy. And these shepherds just got busy. And so that's so we can identify with these guys and we can get, learn some stuff from them. Let's talk about the angels. 
These angels were heavenly messengers. The Greek word angel for angel is angelos. And it literally means messenger. And that's what they were. They brought messages from God to people. But here's the deal. The truth of the matter is a lot of times we think about angels and the mental picture we get of angel is some chubby little baby looking thing with a diaper on with tiny little wings strumming on a tiny little harp sitting on a cloud or printed on the front of a, a, a package of toilet paper. You know, I mean, we just kind of, that's what we think about angels. That's not at all. Do you think that would have caused the shepherds to be terrified? These guys were, these angels were, when it says heavenly hosts, that's talking about the armies of heaven. The armies of heaven. God doesn't have a bunch of chubby little baby looking creatures with tiny little wings strumming on tiny little harps in his army. He's got angels, mighty warriors for him that were shining the Shekinah glory of God. What's the Shekinah glory of God? Definition. Shekinah glory is a divine visitation of the presence or dwelling of the Lord God on this earth. So when it says the glory of the Lord shone around about them, that was the glory, the, the presence of God that just blew them away. And it says, in old King James says, they were sore afraid. They were terrified. The shepherds were terrified. Same thing happened in Matthew chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on this mountain, and he was transfigured before them. That was the time when he let those three know, I am God. I'm God with skin on. You need to understand that. And so this is what it says in verses 5 and 6 of Matthew chapter 17. Jesus was still speaking when behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were terrified. <laughs> Same thing that the shepherds did. That's what happens when you see the glory of God. When this angelic heavenly warrior is standing in front of you. So that's who they were. And the message that the angels brought was the message of salvation. For today I bring you good news. That's the gospel. Good news of great joy. The only lasting joy that you'll ever have will come, it comes from Jesus. Good news of great joy, which shall be for all people, because the gospel is for everybody. It's for people that are in Southeast Asia, uh, in Thailand. It's for people that are serving in Southeast Asia. It's for the folks that we work with in the Dominican Republic. It's for people in Florida, Mississippi that don't know Jesus. Good news, great joy for all people. And their praise, suddenly the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. They, their praise proclaim the peace that passes all understanding. I'm going to tell you something. The peace that the world needs is not going to come through governmental laws or military might. The peace that the world needs only comes through Jesus. Amen. That's the peace that this world needs. What a beautiful... So, the angels bringing this message to the shepherds. Beautiful picture of salvation. Because it's, it's God giving the first announcement of His Son to these common, everyday shepherds. These guys who were outcasts. These guys who were unacceptable. That's who God came to. And that's who He's come to here, you and me. That's good news. That's good news. 
So the application for this message is this. Don't let the life-changing truth of Christmas pass you by this year. It's more really of a statement, more so than an application. Just don't let. I just want to encourage you, challenge you as your pastor. Don't let the life-changing truth of Christmas pass you by this year. Don't do it. So we think about these angels and these shepherds. So I'm going to give you, and I'm about to freak you out. I'm going to give you five statements. So you better, you better buckle up and get ready because here we go. I got five statements I want to give you based on this encounter with the angels and the shepherds. Here we go. Number one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's the statement number one, don't be afraid. That's the first thing that came out of the angel's mouth. Do not fear. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Straight from the mouth of God, through the mouth of the angel, to the shepherd, do not fear. Do not fear. There are different schools of thought on this, but most counselors and psychologists would agree and say this, that the top three fundamental fears that every person has are these three. Number one, the fear of death. Secondly, the fear of abandonment or the fear of rejection or loneliness. And number three, the fear of failure. The fear of death, the fear of abandonment, and the fear of failure. You think about Jesus. His coming into the world, listen y'all, His coming into the world takes care of all, all three of those fears. When you know Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of death. No, none of us want to Think about how we're, you know, am I going to suffer? Am I going to, what's going to happen? We don't know all that. But what we do know is that if you know Christ, you don't have to be afraid to die. Amen? You don't have to be afraid to die. Because you're going to go straight into the presence of God. for And then the fear of abandonment. Emmanuel means what? God with us. That means forever. That means you will never be abandoned. And the fear of failure. Own it. Every one of us fail all the time. And we have, and we will again. I'm not giving you permission to, but we will fail. We will fall into sin. We will make some mistakes. We'll do some stuff. And man, Jesus comes and His grace covers all of those fears, all of those failures. And so His coming into the world takes care of the three major fears that people have. Jesus takes care of those. So when the angel said, don't, don't be afraid, that was pretty big right there. A lot of us are on the version Bible app. We use a lot of y'all. How many of y'all use Bible app? Raise your hand. You say a bunch of, if you don't, talk to one of these people. Get it on your phone. Great tool to use. Bible, uh, read the Bible, uh, do devotionals, uh, do Advent readings like a bunch of us are doing right now. Anyway, I read this week that the number one most shared, most highlighted, most bookmarked verse of 2023 was Isaiah 41.10. You know what it says? Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not. God says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The most shared verse this year was a verse that says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's statement number one. Statement number two, don't quench the joy. Don't quench the joy. We've already talked about joy just a little bit. Great joy for all people. Verse 13, but let's dissect it a little bit more. Joy is not just happiness. Happiness is an emotion, an emotion that can change from time to time. 
You could have been happy walking in here and then somebody told you something that made you sad and you ain't happy anymore. That can happen instantaneously almost. Our happiness changes. Joy is a component of knowing Jesus. Do you hear me? Joy is a component of knowing Jesus. It's a component of your relationship with Christ. So listen closely. If you have a lack of joy in your life right now, that means something is wrong at the very heart of your relationship with Christ. Either you're off in the weeds in sin, and that has quenched the joy in your life, or you don't even know Jesus at all. If you don't have any joy, there's a good chance you don't know Jesus. Because it's all about having that joy. And you've seen this before, but this little acrostic is a good way to think about what joy is all about and how to have joy in your life. You keep your priorities this way right here, Jesus, others, and you, and that joy is going to stay strong in your life. You know, because before you come to know Christ, before you come to Jesus, and this may be the case of somebody in here today, I'm not judging you or picking on you or anything, but listen, before you come to know Jesus, everything is about you. Your whole life, you're on the throne of your life. Everything circles around you. And the world says, good for you. That's the way you're supposed to live your life. It's all about you. Don't worry about what anybody else says about you. No, it's your body, your choice. You do whatever you want to do with it. You live any way you want. Live with anybody you want to live with. Have sex with anybody that you want to have sex with. Anywhere you want to have sex with. Even in the in, in the a Senate room in Washington D.C. Did y'all see that this week? Go check that out. Just crazy, stupid, evil stuff happening in our world all over the place now because people just live for themselves. Well, you come to know Jesus. Now look, you, you can still be a kind person and a nice person and kind to animals and, and you know, all, all that kind of, you can be a nice person, but Jesus ain't nowhere in your, on your radar screen if you don't know Christ. It's you and that's it. But man, when you come to know Christ, it flips your priorities and you go to the bottom. Well, wait a minute. No, you go to the bottom. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, you must deny yourself. You go to the bottom. Jesus is at the top. And because Jesus is at the top, then He tells you, you love other people, so everybody else comes in right after Jesus. And then you ain't worried about yourself because Jesus is going to take care of you and meet your needs. You see that. And man, I will tell you something. When you live that way, you got joy, man. Don't quench that joy. Don't quench that joy. Man, so if you, so you need to understand this. Satan's constantly working to try to draw you back to that old way of thinking. He's always doing that. You get your feelings hurt about something, somebody says something, does something that you don't like, don't, don't agree with, something like that. You get your feelings, all of a sudden you start working. Now again, you start worrying about your wants, your desires, your preferences, your passions, your lusts, and everything starts going back to you. And Satan starts saying, Satan, doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? That's the, yeah, that feels And you know that's not the way you're supposed to live your life. And your joy goes away. If that's where you are today, let me tell you something, my friend. Repent and come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Come back to the joy of living for Him and walking with Him. Don't quench the joy. Third, third statement is this. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity. Verses 15 to 16. So, 
angels came. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And then verse 15 and 16 says, When the angels left the shepherds, they turned and looked at each other. <laughs> Don't you know they did? It was like, what, what did we just see? Can you believe what we just heard? But you know what it says? They looked at each other and they said, let's go. Let's go. They looked at each other and they said, let's go. You ever heard the phrase, strike while the iron is hot? That came from 15th century blacksmiths. That phrase came from them. That you ought to mold and shape. The only way you can shape iron is when it's hot and pliable and moldable. In other words, it means to take advantage of that opportunity while it exists. Because it's not going to be there all the time. So I want to tell you something. That's what the shepherds did. They took it. They had been introduced to Jesus. The, the angels came and said, here, Jesus is here. And they had been introduced to Jesus in a spectacular spectacular way and listen to me y'all that in itself was a life-changing experience can you imagine get lost in that for a minute can you imagine seeing the heavens from horizon to horizon exploding with the Shekinah glory of God with millions and millions of these heavenly warriors proclaiming the praise and glory of God. That in itself is just like, oh my gosh. But they said, look, we've seen Jesus. We've got to go. They couldn't stop there. They had heard that Jesus was here. Let's go. Don't miss this opportunity, they said. Let's go see Jesus. Let's go. I'll tell you something. I've been the pastor here going on four years. It'll be four years, first of March. So I'm getting close to that four-year mark. Those two words right there, let's go, have pretty much marked my concept of ministry here as your pastor. The first, and it was confirmed to me at 8.30 this morning. I said that at 8.30 this morning, I said, I think that the first sermon I preached here on March the 1st of 2020 was on John 3.16. I think it was. I said, somebody here probably got it written in the margin of their Bible. And Darren McCullough came up to me after church. He said, it was John 3.16, right here. And John 3.16 is just the gospel. And I know I told y'all on day one, everything that we do is going to be about the gospel. And those two words, let's go, became the marching orders for me. Harvey Bozeman and I text those two words to each other nonstop to keep each other on task and on, in focus in our walk with the Lord and our passion for living for Him and serving Him. Let's go, bro. Let's go. Let's don't miss this opportunity. And that's what we see from these shepherds. And that's what I challenge you, my church family, with. Just as the shepherds had this let's go mentality and they said to each other, let's go. They did not want to miss the opportunity to encounter Jesus. I say to you my church for the same reason let's go I do not want us to miss the opportunity to see Jesus so let's go let's go let's go let's go we have that opportunity right now the opportunity exists for us right now to see Jesus, to worship Jesus, to know Jesus, to serve Jesus. That opportunity exists 
right now. Right now. When I say right now, I'm talking right now. That clock says 12.02, but I know y'all said it faster trying to make me stop preaching. But it ain't 12.02 yet. But if it was 12.02, I'd be talking about 12.02 right now. Is the opportunity to see Jesus and experience Him right now. And because that opportunity exists, why in the world, church, why would we want to waste any time? Time that He has given to us to know Him and serve Him. Why would we want to waste any time on petty differences? Why would we want to waste any time on personal preferences? Why would we want to waste any time on private sin? Or public sin for that matter? Why would we want to waste any time on playing games? Why would we want to waste any time on playing church when we have the opportunity right now to see Jesus at work and to be right up in the middle of Him working? That's why I'm constantly trying to tell y'all. And that's why I stopped when I got those two texts. Brecken, thank you for sending me the text. It was perfect timing. It was a perfect opportunity for me to tell that group over there, look at how Jesus is working right now. Now. Amongst his people. And I got another text that I'm not going to tell you all about. When I was standing up here earlier, my phone vibrated again. I saw I got another check, text I'm not going to tell you all about right now. That God just went, see, 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 see. Show, told you, told you. I'm working. I'm working. Right now. So let's go, church. Why are we just going to sit here when we can go? Let's go. God is at work. Jesus is at work. And we can, He can be right in the middle of working in our personal lives. In your personal life, in your marriage, in your family, in this church, and in every ministry that we do in this church. Every staff member has the opportunity to see Jesus at work right now in their lives. Every deacon, every member of a, of a, of a ministry team, every person that teaches a life group, whether you're in there with the bed babies or all the way up to their senior adults, every person, our children's ministry, our, our youth ministry, uh, the, the adults from the youngest adults all the way up to our sunshine or senior adults, Jesus needs to be seen at work in all of these areas. In our mission work here at home, the, the food pantry that we serve hundreds of people every month, now, well, those folks don't don't say that anymore, man. This is an opportunity for us to show the love of Jesus to people by giving them a sack of food. Giving them a sack of food. I don't care if they're driving a Lexus or Mercedes, uh, whatever. We give them the sack of food and they get a little touch of the love of Jesus. Do you need the food? No, you don't need the food. It's an opportunity for us to see Jesus at work right here. From here to wherever, to Dominican Republic, to Southeast Asia, to Central Asia, all over the world. Opportunity in our men's ministry. You guys better get ready. 2024 men's ministry is going to go off the charts. And we're going to challenge the stink out of you guys to be living for the Lord and to see Him at work. And you women, they're still in that women's, our women's ministry has been great for years. And man, we're going to continue in our music and worship ministry with Matt and folks that are leading up here and over at 30 in personal discipleship. You need to be personally discipling somebody. If you know Christ, you ought to have somebody that you're pouring into their life. You hear me? 
If you know Jesus, you ought to have somebody that you're poured into. Now look, that person can be your spouse. That person can be your kids. That person can be your grandkids. But you need to be intentionally doing that. Do y'all understand? Don't miss the opportunity, man. Don't miss the opportunity to see God at work. To see Jesus. To see Jesus. These shepherds didn't. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. The next statement I'm going to give to you, and I've got to hurry and finish it. Don't keep it to yourself. So they went to see Jesus, and in verse 17 and 18 that HR read for us, and when they saw it, when they saw Jesus, they told everybody. They made known everything that they had seen and heard. They told everybody. Because you know what happens after you see Jesus at work? After you find out what God's doing up in the middle of you and He's working in your church and you're seeing people get baptized and lives getting changed and money being given for uh, mission work and trucks being given to missionaries and stuff like that. And you see all that stuff, you know what you got to do? You got to tell some folks. You can't keep your mouth closed about it. You got to start telling us. And you just got to start telling people about what God is doing. Verse 17, and then verse 18, you know what happened? You know the result of the shepherds telling people? The people were amazed. Verse 18 says that, and all who heard it wondered. One version says they were amazed. Amazement was what happened when the shepherds told the story about Jesus. One guy said this. He said, these shepherds caused a stir among the people. Can I tell y'all something? I'm ready to cause a stir. I'm ready to cause a stir among some people. And if it starts up in this group, that's fine. I'm ready to cause a stir. I'm ready for us. Why were the people amazed? They were amazed because of who was telling them. It wasn't the seminary trained professors with our doctoral degrees and preachers and religious people. It was common shepherds. It was just folks. And the people were amazed that these guys were telling this story. They were amazed because of who was telling it. And they were amazed above what they were telling them. That this Jesus has come. The Savior of the world has come. They were amazed. So what did these shepherds... Just brag on Jesus, man. They just told people, Jesus is... Just brag on Jesus. Don't keep it to yourself, man. Don't keep it to yourself. Brag on Jesus. When you see Jesus at work, if you think God has been at work, if you think Jesus has been at work in this place today, then sometime this week, brag on Jesus. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 1.31. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Then he said it again in 2 Corinthians 10.17. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Other versions of Scripture say, if you want to brag, brag about the Lord. Brag on Jesus. Don't keep it to yourself. And then the last thing is this. Don't go back to the same old, same old. Don't go back to the same old, same old. Those last two verses, the ver uh, uh, verse 20, the last verse. And the shepherds returned. Just stop right there. The shepherds returned. The sheep are still out there. <laughs> Got to go back to taking care of sheep. You're going to leave here in just a few minutes. You're going to go back to your home, back to your life. They returned. But I've got to believe this. I just believe this. There is no way that you will ever convince me that after what they had seen, angels, Jesus, after what they had heard, the Savior of the world, good news, great joy, all people unto you is born this day. 
after what they had seen, after what they had heard, there's no way they would have ever been the same. There's no way you could convince me that they went back to just being old shepherds. Why do we go back to the same old, same old? Why do we go back to the same old, same old? Why do we walk in... Why don't we walk into this place on Sunday and we come and we sing a few songs or we listen to people sing a few songs and we listen to a sermon and then we walk out those doors back there, this door over here, and we go back to the same old, same old. And nothing changes between today and next Sunday. We don't tell anybody about it. We don't brag on Jesus at all. Why don't we go back to the same old, same old? Maybe it's because we've heard it so many times. We've heard this story so many times. You got baby Jesus in your front yard in a manger right, right now. He's been in your front yard for 10 years, you know, in the same manger in your front yard, lit up Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. You got that's cool. But I think sometimes that's how we treat this those whole story. Well, I've heard it my whole life. And so we just kind of go back to the same old, same old. And maybe it's because we've lost the awe and the wonder of Jesus. We're just not blown away by this stuff anymore. We just, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't do anything anymore. We just lost the awe and wonder. We've got so wrapped up in ourselves, our problems, our needs. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not slamming. I'm not, I'm not making light of your problems. We all got problems. I got, two, I got some too. Come on, let's sit down. We'll, we'll share what we got. And I'll tell you about mine too. But I think sometimes we let that just steal the awe and wonder of who Jesus is. Maybe it's because we wandered away from this Jesus and we are off in the weeds and sin. We're doing stuff and saying stuff and living ways that we ought not be doing this against the Word of God. And we're over there and we're, no, man, we're back in the same old, same old over in the sin in our life. Maybe it's because we've just stagnated in our spiritual maturity. We're not growing in our walk with Christ. You're the same this Christmas as you were last Christmas and you were the same last Christmas as you were the Christmas before. And just stagnated in your spiritual life. Maybe it's because we've decided that we are comfortable with the way things are and we don't want anything to change. <laughs> Boy, that happens in church. We don't want anything to change. We don't want anything to change. I'm going to stop right there. But that's what happens in churches. And we just stay with the same old, same old. Man, you see Jesus? There ain't no way you're going to go back to the same old, same old. Because what did they do? It said they returned. They returned, but they returned glorifying and praising God for everything that they had seen and heard. They returned glorifying and praising God for everything that they had seen and heard. So listen to me. Let me tell you something, church, as we wrap this thing up. If there's one thing or there's two things that we as the church have got to get right, we don't have an option on this. Now, we can discuss and have different ideas or, and opinions about different things. But there's a couple of things we can't have. There's no opinion. I don't, I, this is God. We have to get the glorifying God thing right, and we have to get the praising God thing right. That's it. we got to glorify God, and we got to praise God. And everything else comes under that. we got to glorify God, and we got to praise God. In your personal life, if you know Christ, then the point of your life, the one point of your life is that you live for the glory of God. The way you think, the way you talk, the way you live, your marriage, your family, the way you spend your money, all this, the way you run your business, the way you conduct yourself on the athletic field, whatever, it doesn't matter. Everything for the glory of God, for the glory of God, for the glory of God. And then praising God. 
this corporate thing of worshiping. We got to get it right. And individually, personally, we got to keep praising Him with our lives. When you see Jesus, you'll get it right. So today, I just challenge you. Do you want to see Jesus? The shepherds saw Him and they were never the same. When they heard about Him, they said, let's go. So church, I just say to you this morning, my one word of invitation to you is simply that. Let's go. Let's go. Join me as we pray. Father, help us this morning, Lord, during these moments of invitation to say yes to you. And if you say we got to do something, we're going to do it. If you say we got to give something, we're going to give it. If you say we got to rebuild a relationship, we're going to rebuild that relationship. If you say we're going to we got to go to the mission field. We're going to go to the mission field. If you say that we got to go tell somebody about Jesus, we're going to go tell somebody about Jesus, Lord. God, if you say we got to give up some sin or repent of that sin, we got to do that. Just go. Let's go, Lord. Let's do what you have told us to do because we want to see Jesus and we have seen Jesus and we have seen him at work today in this place today. He has been, at, you have been at work, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for that. So God, I pray we'll never be the same. This hadn't just been another service. This hadn't been just one more little service we do down at First Baptist Church floor. No, Lord, it's not just that. We have seen you. We have been with you. We are with you now. And we should never be the same as a result of what has happened today in our hearts and lives. So help us to respond in obedience as you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray.